our affordable housing strategy is right now going into a recession or potentially stagflation. What's certain is that the demand for affordable housing is going up. And there are many of those that end up in large apartment communities. But the dream is oftentimes to do a three-bedroom, two-bath home. And what we found, the higher demand in affordable housing of this growth demand market, affordable housing is three-bedroom, two-bath homes. And then some markets, we can charge the government provides subsidized rents far in excess of our expenses. We are converting existing construction, three existing homes, three bedroom, two bath mm-hmm. homes into affordable homes. We have a long list of residents that okay. are looking for that three bedroom, two bath, and we vet them. They're not criminals, they're hardworking Americans, and they just want a home. Yeah. So we're converting them at scale, almost 400 homes right now. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have with us Patrick Grimes, and I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Patrick is the founder and CEO of investonmainstreet.com, a private equity firm that specializes in tax-shielded and inflation-hedged passive investments and alternative investments. Since 2007, Patrick has purchased distressed real estate assets, renovating and stabilizing them for long-term cash flow. He has raised over $50 million to acquire a $600 million plus portfolio, including about 5,000 units in multifamily apartment communities in emerging markets across Texas and the southeastern U.S. Amazing. He has also diversified with a partnership in a 200 million plus energy portfolio that includes 155 natural gas and oil wells in nine locations across five states. Patrick is a co-author of an Amazon number one best-selling book, and he regularly contributes articles on the investing and commercial real estate to Forbes and Inman. He holds both a BS and MS in engineering and as well as an MBA. And also, he is kind enough to give away the best-selling book to the audience that we'll include in the show notes. Thank you so much, Patrick. Welcome to our show. Shahid, really excited to be here. I've enjoyed listening to your show. It's just running around the lake this morning. I learned about two entrepreneurs, one that I followed, one that I didn't know, and they were always inspirational. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Patrick. Appreciate you being in our audience. And you have accomplished a great deal of success, my friend. Thanks. Yes, a lot of hard work over a long period of time. And happy to get the message out there on how others yeah. can do the same. Mm-hmm. How did you get started in real estate? Like many of your listeners, I I didn't start in real estate. I started hardworking mechanical engineer or hardworking corporate America guy. I did machine design and automation. Mm-hmm. I get some advice early on. Why don't you should 
essentially go invest as much as you can as soon as you can into real estate because in a high tech mm -hmm. market it's very cyclical things can rise and they can crash and the owners of the company at workforce said that all they, their regret was not investing more sooner in real estate so um, mm. my first road was bumpy <laughs> i invested everything into a higher risk investment hoping to double and triple my money and i ended up losing it all but that kind of spurred the more patient calculated investment career that I didn't parallel with high tech until I was able to exit. So what jazzed you up to focus on multifamily in emerging markets? So after having lost it all in what was pre-development, I realized mm -hmm. that when I needed to, and that was through 2008, 9 and 10. So what I realized is that recessions happen and you need to buy in recession resilient markets you need to buy recession resilient assets and you need to buy for cash flow i actually started single family after that buying in places like texas and houston where i could purchase an asset or a, a building that was under market rents but i could just renovate it and get it up to market pretty quick refinance out my capital and do it again and i was doing that kind of moonlighting with my high-tech career Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I met my wife that I said, look, I can't do this. It's so stressful trying to manage single families and do and be a partner in some job. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I met my wife that I said, hey, look, I'm going to take a break and then I got to find something that lets me scale. And it was after we got married a couple of years later that I made the shift to scaling into a private equity, uh, creating private equity for raising capital from others and taking down larger apartments, which... Buildings. Are even Sorry? Apartment buildings, right? Yeah. Apartment, whole apartment communities. In fact, oh. I went from three bedroom, two bath to my first, about 86 units. <laughs> Amazing. And the calculus is really that in three bedroom, two bath is the, one of the longest tried and true appreciating assets. And then from an economy of scale perspective, you don't really get your next big leap until you get above 80 units and that gives you the ec economics to have on-site property management mm -hmm. gets the properties big enough that the loans can become, you know, non-recourse and a little bit safer. And so I really didn't see a middle ground. I saw three bedroom, two bath and 80, 80 plus units. <laughs> and then yeah. from then on, I found partnered up with some, not only investors to help me take them down and with the capital, but also individuals in, in better markets all through the Southeastern states of Texas that. I could work with on the, the finding and asset managing. And we partnered our way into, I think, 26 apartment communities, usually 100 to 300 units. Wow. 100 to 300 unit communities. What would you recommend someone that has a full-time job or a business and they want to get involved in real estate investing in multifamily? What's the fastest way that they could take the initial steps to get into a building, for example? So I, my general sense is that what the, the path that oftentimes high promoters will do is they'll be really good at being an attorney or a doctor or an entrepreneur or whatever they're doing. And they think that will apply to their investment portfolio. Oh. That's what I thought. The reality is that when I leaped from high-tech machine design automation and robotics to real estate, I was in a completely foreign land. 
that I didn't have decades of experience, didn't have relationships with people that would help me find deals and take them down. And I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it seemed lower yeah. risk because I was using my own money. But at the end of the day, I traded away all the extra time I had for my family, friends, and hobbies to chase my investment portfolio. And so I, I oftentimes do not tell investors, hey, go buy an Airbnb, go buy a rental property, because I did that. And the problem yeah. is, for that really to get you free of your job, you got to do that like 20, 40, 80 times. And you will lose all of your free time. <laughs> you will lose that. And you're, you'll lose your life along the way. And it wasn't, I didn't get married until I was 35. Married a 26-year-old, but I didn't get married until I was 25. And we just had our first kid and cheers with the espresso on that one because I'm a, yeah. I do the early morning shift with our, our boy. But I, I say that you can, if you invest passively by partnering, not just, I mean, with people like me and like my colleagues that we'll be able to find much better deals because we have relationships with brokers. We'll be able to find a property in, in areas that where you aren't, where the market's growing and it's more tax advantaged and labor friendly. So meeting with you would be the best first step. I believe passive investing is it. Certainly I'm an option. I'm on my website. We have a passive investor guide and we don't look at multifamily as the only solution either. If you look at read my guide, it shows that the middle class has about 8% of their wealth in what you would call alternative investments, which includes real estate and other assets outside of the stock market. But the high income earners and ultra wealthy have 25 to 50% of their wealth. Real estate is a piece of that. Multifamily apartment communities and recession resilient markets, I, I think should be the foundation of your portfolio. A lot of the ultra wealthy have been doing this for centuries, Donald Trump's of the world. But, mm -hmm. the, uh, but there's also energy, another essential need, housing and food and energy. And there's other kinds of investments as well. And I think diversification is key. And another name is Grant Cardone. He's doing pretty good as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Grant Cardone's, he's converted to more crowdsourcing mm. and pulling in mass marketing and large amounts of investors. Mm. Crowdsourcing platforms are an option, especially if you're getting started. Fundrise mm. is one of them. Yield Street. What I found though is on those is they'll give you a little lower return for a little lower buy-in. And you won't ever be able to develop a relationship with the sponsor. And they tend to be very transactional, one deal at a time. If you look at my website, we talk about things like 1031 exchanges. When it's not about how much you make on a deal, it's about how much you keep after taxes. Our last exit, we sold the property and we asked our investors who wants to trade forward with us and not pay any taxes, not pay any depreciation, recapture, and mm -hmm. trade for all. I made three or four people that invested said, Hey, I've got some family thing going on. Every other one said, yeah. And we traded them for it in the next property. They, tr they kept all of it. They didn't pay any taxes. And now they're cash flowing at 1.7 more than they were in the first property in under a year. Sort of those large institutional crowdfunding. They don't look at a total wealth building strategy that allows you to compound your returns 
in a more tax advantaged way. They're very tax, they're very uh, transactional for one deal, they pay you out, you pay taxes, you invest again. One deal, they pay you out, you pay taxes, you invest again. And so we're looking for a little more longer term focus. When you've been investing for as long as I have, you realize that a primary consideration in a partner is whether or not they're going to 1031 exchange. It's the most powerful wealth building tool available to Americans right now. So that's what we focus on. But And we do that same thing in energy. And, and, and what's little known is that 1031 exchanges, which allow you to sell property and buy something new, as long as it's like kind or similar, don't allow you to not pay capital gains. An exception to the kind rule is trading into natural gas and oil. So if you mm. participate in energizing America, like you're participating in housing America, the IRS is going to reward you and that's going to charge you taxes. So you can actually trade a rental into a percent interest in a drilling project. And the wealthy use these tools to not pay any taxes. So firms like ours allow that to be used for mm. entrepreneurs like many of your listeners. That's excellent. Speaking of deals, does it get really competitive for you when you find a good multifamily apartment building? So there's really three avenues we're in. In the apartment building side, it's about relationships and brokers. The, the brokers. And when you bought and sold with a broker in a market, you're what's mm -hmm. putting food on their family's table. And when they find a really good deal, those, those don't go to market oftentimes. Find a, a really good investment. Somebody needs to exit early. They're distressed, mm -hmm. like our last one in Atlanta. And this guy had high bad debt, meaning people weren't paying the rents. He had a building burned down and the buildings weren't renovated. So the rents were already below market. He needed to get out immediately. The broker didn't put that out to market to 20 to 40 people. We don't bid on those projects that are out to market to 20 to 40 people. We can mm. take those calls. And then we red eye out to those properties the next day <laughs> and, yeah. and we like that one, we locked it up with our own money and then raised capital from investors after the fact, so we could lock in an interest rate and discount. So if you're just a run of the mill out on the market, yeah, that's can be competitive, but if you're more relational based, then mm -hmm. I don't think so much. And I think in the energy space, we're the only my partnership with the energy is the only option that is structured the way it is. So there really is it's another player that does it the way we do it. Mm. We also have affordable housing. And there are a couple of affordable housing players, but none that are doing it at the scale we are, which three bedroom, two bath portfolios. So it, there can be some competition, but if you're doing it the right way and finding deals through relationships, I don't think you have the same challenges that a typical competitive environment would break. So for the affordable housing, have you guys looked into 3D printed houses? I am old school. So I, I did my, I made my money doing one of a kind automation and robotic systems and innovation, but I exited that career and I've, I have my career spent my life investing in stable income producing investments. I saw lots of people lose money on new technologies. And when I was in automation, we did get approached by robotic 3D printing home companies. And there are automation projects around us. So I tend to stick with the tried and true 
methods. There's plenty of those out there with the intent to not lose again, right? I don't need mm, to double and triple yeah. my money every year. I would rather mm. be the tortoise, not the hare. Again. <laughs> and uh, so, no, I didn't do 3D. There's a million flashy, shiny objects. And then yep. I choose to put on my sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well my, said. Yeah, my our affordable housing strategy is right now going into a recession or potentially stagflation. Why it's certain is that the demand for affordable housing is going up. Mm. And there are many of those that end up in large apartment communities. But the dream is oftentimes to do a three-bedroom, two-bath home. And what we found, a higher demand in affordable housing of this growth demand market, affordable housing is three-bedroom, two-bath homes. And then some markets, we can charge that the government provides subsidized rents far in excess of our expenses. We are converting existing construction three just existing homes, three bedroom, two bath mm -hmm. homes, new affordable homes. We have a long list of residents that okay. are looking for that three bedroom, two bath. And we vet them. They're not criminals. They're hardworking Americans. And they just want a home. Just and so home. we're converting them at scale. Almost 400 homes right now. And every month sure. we're converting them and fulfilling this need. And we'll continue to do that through the recession. But what it gives you is we lock in long-term 30-year fixed interest. So we're not worried about rising interest rates. And in a year when there's recession, there's delinquencies, people not paying their rents, government subsidizes those. Yep. And with the real estate market faltering, there's the rents are reducing and the government and some of those markets gives us 3% rental increases. For the affordable housing, there is a passive income opportunity in that as well. Yeah. So how does that work. look like? So with affordable housing, there's, it's not a huge appreciating play. We're not buying mm -hmm. distressed assets yeah, that's and, true. and driving rents. We're cash flow yeah. buying rent ready homes and converting them to a low mm -hmm. risk cash flow play protected on the, from the subsidized, so the, the subsidized cash rent. Flow is distributed. Yeah. And so it's about, we're looking at the, right now we're launching the fund this quarter. We've, it's been built over the last two years, but we're pushing out about 12 and a half percent. Uh, okay. depreciated tax advantage and you can either collect that quarterly or you monthly annualize monthly or you could reinvest it and grow your equity in your so we have a preferred equity cash a flow credit investor or yeah so you'll find that non any operator that comes on out in the open and says hey i have investments they have to only accept accredited investors yeah it's just the way it is fund now, Good. if you're not accredited, I'm happy to point you to some of my friends, which are unable to come out in the open and say, we have investments because they allow non-accredited investors. Mm. But somebody like me has to get out there or else nobody will ever Got find it. out. So what is the most common mistakes you've seen investors make in real estate? How can they avoid it? First of all, I'm one of those. I, when I started out, I got yeah. real eager. I wasn't very patient. <laughs> Excited. I got it. I got into the highest returning deals I could find in the highest mm -hmm. markets I could find. And the boom market went bust and the not the asset I lost because it was upside down and it wasn't cash flowing. What I find, and I wasn't partnering, I wasn't working with more sophisticated people. My general feedback is to partner up 
it, I, it wasn't until I partnered with, uh, with more sophisticated individuals than myself and gave part of the investment away to them that I actually was able to scale and do better. When I was trying to control it, I'll do it on my own and blundering into these mm. deals that I didn't know are good deals. That it's like anything. Didn't know, yeah, I didn't know how to manage them. Didn't know how to exit them properly. And I could have just grinded that out and made mistakes for 10 years. Or I, I realized I could do better and I partnered. So I say to investors, instead of focusing on trying to control them all and do it all yourself, just focus on what your high income earner job is. Make yeah. the money there, wherever it is your passion. Invest in park. Passively invest with partners and enjoy the time with your family, friends, and hobbies. Yeah. Excellent. Love it. Appreciate you, Patrick. I appreciate the fact that you took time out to come on our show and share that wisdom and share the excitement you had in the beginning that didn't pay off. That's going to help people as well. If there's any final words you would like to share with the audience, please go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So my, uh, I'd like to offer a free copy of my Amazon number one bestseller. I co-wrote with some really cool people. It's called Persistence, Pivots, and Game Changers, Turning Challenges into Opportunities. Forward by Brian Tracy, and I'm there on the cover. I did have hair. Cool. Wrote this when we moved to Hawaii during <laughs> And so if you go to invest on main street, invest on and then main and then street.com slash book and type in what's your promo code. Super. There's a promo code and we'll ship you a signed hard copy of that for free. Put all your information in there. Thank Happy you, to do Patrick. that. You're definitely the entrepreneurs or what I'm passionate about helping because I've always awesome. been one that I know yeah. that I know that persistence and the pivots yes. that it takes game changers. Yeah. So I so think this true. book, NFL, NBA players, even Phil Collins, Lee Guitar at the Desk Leopard, he's in there. Lots of really cool stories. Nice. If you're interested in learning about investments, set up a cool. Nice. Invest on mainstreet.com. We have our most recent investments at the top of the page. And you could click on contact and my calendar's right there. I'd be happy to understand your goals and get you pointed in the right direction. Appreciate that, Patrick. And it's all about adding value in people's lives. And I'm sure that book will add value and give direction. And that's why people kind of tune in is to get that wisdom from professionals like yourself that have achieved growth that everyone is inspiring to achieve. So appreciate you taking the time to come on our show and share what you know. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and I really appreciate the invitation. No problem. Audience, thanks again for joining us for another episode on Super Entrepreneurs Podcast with Patrick Grimes. His information will be available in the show notes. Take a look at his website. It's filled with information. I briefly looked at it before getting on the call today. Definitely it's a place that you want to find the information that you're looking for. And to avoid making the mistakes that Patrick and so many of us made, it's always better to get the guidance from someone who's already been there. It just makes the journey so much more easier. And thank you once again. Thank you for helping us grow. And Patrick, thank you so much. Shahid, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure.